0: Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business, and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey, and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world, and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies, as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism, and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me, and I can't wait to see you in the show. Hello, and welcome to this podcast episode, which is the first podcast episode that I'm ever recording from Bali and how fitting that it's actually about moving to Bali and the lessons and reminders that I received through the process of moving to Bali. So right now I've been here for about eight days. I have already found my villa to move into so I don't think it's going to be super long term but it's my Next place that you know, I don't have to leave. Like I'm on, a, I'll be on a month, rolling monthly contract, which is very common in Bali. So I can go and live there and just take some time to land. And you know, maybe there will be a different place for me that I stay in longer term. But I found my place, and I'm so excited, and I'm, I'm just so happy because. In Chenggu Bali at the moment, it's actually difficult to get a place. Like there's such high demand and the prices have actually gone up exponentially, like so much. And it's actually something I'm going to touch on in this episode because I did have a bit of a freak out once I started looking at prices and realizing how much more they were literally from three months earlier. They were... Double or more. And I was like, hold up. Like, I didn't realize I was signing up for paying this much in accommodation. So, yes, if you come to Bali, and I'm talking specifically Chengdu, which is the most expensive area to live, there are cheap options for living. You can live in a guest house. I don't want to live in a guest house. If you want to live in a villa, then yeah, prices of villas have really gone up a lot. And are really more expensive than Melbourne if you look at something comparable, although it's not totally comparable because the villas are going to be furnished and you don't have to sign a whole year lease. You can get monthly villas and also often there's going to be, unless you get an apartment, if you get a villa, there's going to be a little plunge pool. So, I mean, you're not going to get that in Melbourne, but otherwise in terms of the space and size, it's more expensive than Melbourne and possibly Sydney. So just a heads up, heads up. Uh, depending what lifestyle you want to live in Changu Bali, it could be more than where you're living right now. But I digress. Moving to Bali. So in this episode, I want to share with you really the three major reminders and lessons that landed for me, slapped me in the face, (laughs) tapped me on the shoulder through this process of moving to Bali. So I'm not going to be sharing obviously any practical things, (laughs) practical things about moving to Bali. It's not lessons like, you know, what visa to get. It's, it's really the lessons about following your truth and your heart and your vision and choosing to live at that highest creative potential. And you know, the, the principles and processes of that. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I'm really excited to jump into this and share this with you. So the first thing that I want to share with you about uh, my, my reminder, this one was really a reminder, but it was like such a good reminder. I feel like this is the best time, the best way I've ever learned this lesson. <laughs> this reminder it was so good. Uh, that really met a, a, called out but no one else did it it was like it it brought out the process of coming to bali brought out this bad habit of mine this egoic um strategy that i play out in my life that's disempowering and limiting to me it really kind of put, put it in my face and i'll just preface this before i go into that a bit deeper cuz it's it could be something you relate to like i'm pretty sure it's something that I'm going to say maybe most people do. So it's probably going to be really helpful for me to step through it. But just before I do, I want to say whenever you are going to go for something you love, it's going to bring up your dysfunctional formation. It's going to bring up your egoic pattern. And your egoic pattern is essentially like how your ego has learned to go about getting what it wants, but it it kind of like sabotages it in the process. Like if you're playing out your pattern, it's how you go about not getting the thing that you want. If that makes sense. I'll, I'll probably have to do a whole podcast episode on your pattern. And I think I've mentioned it in other podcast episodes, but it's going to it's going to bring up your ego response, right? So whenever you, there's there's something that you're like, yep, I want to go for this and this is my heart and I would love it you've got to be really aware of your pattern because you have a pattern and it's got a set of steps and each step is designed to resolve a certain egoic tension, right? So that's going to pop up and going to want to play out. And so you need to be aware of it. And so I would say this is one of the things in my, no, I would say this is one of the things in my pattern and it was really interesting to see it. And it's actually just been such a good lesson for me going forward to catch myself when I'm doing it. So what I do, this, this egoic habit that I have of mine is to fight for my limitation, to become really attached to the reason that I can't do something or something isn't possible for me or something isn't available to me. And to really like you know, kind of fight people for it when people are trying to tell me that I could try something or why don't I do this? And I'm like, yeah, but I can't because of this, you know, and I've got my laundry list of reasons why I am stuck in these circumstances that I don't want, right? I know that I've done this, I've done this heaps of times before about like, my my weight for example of like no I'm powerless because of this I'm powerless to change it because of this you know it's it's comes up just in every area of my life and bali was a really good illustration so I'm going to tell you I'm going to give you a little backstory to show you how this played out so that you can see how to notice when you're doing this because you I'm like I'm dead sure even if this isn't like a real sp- you don't do it in the way I do it. Like I'm, I'm dead sure this somehow plays into a way that you limit yourself. Okay. So moving to Bali, something that I had wanted for a long time and something that I thought that I would do in 2020 for six months. And then in 2020, obviously, um, a pandemic got cold and states and borders all closed, blah, blah, blah. We all know what happened in 2020, right? And honestly, with the point that I'm trying to make here, you could come back to me and say, yeah, but Alex, that's just a circumstance. You put the power in that circumstance. Like you could have held the vision of moving to Bali and I could, but you know what? It just, it just totally stopped being a priority in 2020 because so many other things were, uh, taking me away from that. Whether you say that's an egoic strategy or just the way it should be, doesn't matter. Not part of the point of this story. Okay. So that went down in 2020. And then I just, I just hadn't considered it because I was, my business had become very unstable. And, um, and so I was working on building up my business again and, I like I could barely leave the state I couldn't leave the state and go back to Melbourne um where my partner at the time was we got separated for nine months unexpectedly through the pandemic thing um and so the last thing on my mind was (laughs) like going to Bali right And I had started to reach a point because I was living in a small country town on my own, living like my best country hermit life. It truly was like the perfect place for me to be through the quote unquote pandemic. And, um, And so it wasn't until March, 2021, 21, no, it must be 22. Yeah, not 21. March this year. Yeah. March, 2022 that, um, I was visiting Melbourne. Luckily I was able to go to Melbourne and I was visiting a friend and she was telling me that she had a friend who was just moving back to Bali. And that just popped a light bulb in my head. I don't know if light bulbs really the right term, but it, it, it just awakened me to the fact that people would Actually, like going to different countries, and you could leave the country. I, I don't. You must have been really early on in you being able to leave Australia. Her friend actually wasn't going from Australia, um, so it would have been a different circumstance. But it just started. It reawoken in me the idea of moving to Bali, which I'd honestly kind of totally forgotten about. And I was I. Was 100% set on it as soon as she said that to me. I was like, Bali, that's where I want to go. I had known that I wanted to leave South Australia at some point, but honestly, I'd been feeling really stuck about it because there was nowhere I wanted to go. I didn't want to go back to Melbourne. I just really wasn't vibing going back to Byron. And I was like, there's, there's just nowhere that I actually want to move to right now until Bali came on the table. And I was like, Buck, yes take me to Bali. I want to go to Bali. Okay. So we started looking into going to Bali and quickly realized that you were uh, a requirement of entry to Bali was being vaccinated and I'm unvaccinated. And so then it was like, okay, well, I want to move to Bali later in the year, but you have to be vaccinated. So I'm just going to wait. I think like I already, I wanted to move later in the year. I didn't want to move immediately. Um, so my thoughts were just, well, I, I'll see what happens and hopefully those restrictions get lifted by later in the year, uh, because I'd like to move in the second half of the year. And that was really where I was at with it. Okay. So here's where things went wonky, even though, you know, I'm going to say this, but I also think it was perfect timing, but I mean, maybe the timing could have been perfect in a different way earlier had I not done this egoic thing that I'm about to tell you about. So here's where things went wonky was that I started to latch onto that circumstance and make that a reason that I couldn't have or do what I want yet. Okay, so I started to fight for my limitation and go, no, I can't do that yet because of this. I can't have that there yet because of this. So here's this bad habit we all have, which is using our current circumstances to assess whether we think what we want is possible, right? And whether we think we can have it. Okay. So that's what we all need to train ourselves out of. And so what I tend to do here is uh, there will be, you know, I'll see a reason that I think, well, I can't have it yet, or I can't have it until this external circumstance changes. So this is what you want to watch out for when you're going, oh yeah, but I can't have it. I can't do it until this external circumstance changes. This circumstance prevents me from having what I love. So that is the limited, uncreative way to live. No circumstance precludes you from having what you love. That doesn't mean, I'm not saying you can manifest, like you'll manifest everything instantly. Like, you know, I do think there's a timing to things, but no circumstance precludes you from having what you love, right? So the empowered thing for me to do here would have been, okay, I'm gonna hold my end result and I'm not, like, I can see that that's what it says on the official government website, but that might not actually be the only way or that might not even be true. You know, that's that circumstance doesn't dictate and I'm going to keep following what's obvious and be proactive in what is obvious to me about moving to Bali and just hold my end result and not get derailed or distracted by that circumstance and fixing myself to it right because that's what I did and that's what I tend to do <laughs> is that I I started to go no I can't have it because of this right and I noticed you know some friends or family that knew I wanted to move to bali would like check in and ask me every now and again and honestly I got so annoyed in the end I was like why are you asking me this you know I can't go to bali like that unvaccinated people can't go to Bali. I've told you this. Why, why do you keep asking me? Right. So that is like, <laughs> that just shows very plain, plain sight that I was having an egoic relationship to this and limiting myself because of it rather than going perhaps, okay, like just actually choosing, choosing when I want to go and doing so with the vulnerability that it might not happen, right? That would be the empowered creative path. The like (laughs) egoic path is to go, yeah, but I can't because of this. I can't see a way, therefore I can't, right? I can't see a way, therefore I can't. And what you end up doing is fighting for your limitation. And you're like, you're literally, you're justifying it to yourself, but you're also justifying it to other people. You've got, you've got like this whole big argument when where people are like oh why don't you do this or why isn't this here or you feel like you got to validate or justify why don't you have what you want yet and you come up with this laundry list of reasons that you then become completely attached to and then you keep yourself there and you don't get what you want because you know what's way more vulnerable is to go yeah I want that and I don't have it yet and I don't know maybe all the steps of how I'm gonna get it but that's what I'm choosing. That can be like, you, you might underestimate how extremely vulnerable that can be. So I think for me, what happens is like, I do, I do get very rigid and I go, yeah, but this is the scope. This is the boundaries. I, you can't do anything outside of that. Therefore, like just read the damn thing and you'll see that like, I can't do that and stop asking me, Right. Um, the other thing that I think is going on there for me is that I am, there's a part of me that didn't feel ready and I didn't want to own and claim that. So that was, that's the other thing that I think was going on there. So I'm going to tell you like the short story of how, of me actually realizing I could go, uh, and, and how that shows me that I was Holding myself under like a false limitation. So, back in March, the friend of a friend who was going back to Bali was also unvaccinated. And um, they were, you know, there were illegal ways that you could get in. To the country, and I wasn't really open to doing something illegal, so that's why I was really in my thing of like, well, I can't do it yet. I've just got to wait until things change. But then I became completely attached to that condition, rather than being open to the truth of the moment and to new information. Right? I was just really fixed. Um, So then, uh, a few months later, oh yeah. So this must have been must have been about less than two months ago, I guess, that a few things all happened in one day. So, okay. But before I tell you that, so a few, like, let's say two months before the time I'm about to tell you about, which was two months ago, my phone alarm's just going off, hang tight for one sec. soz and I'm just sorry I'm filming this on video now and it's just going to be too hard for me <laughs> to pause this uh so we're just going to roll with it as it is okay so I was doing I do these intuitive writing exercises and I had done one about barley. and one of the things that had come up through it was that I'm going to go to Bali in September, and when that came through, I was really just not seeing on any level how I would move to Bali in September because it was about two or three weeks, uh, weeks, months. It must have been about three months away, and I was like, I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't know how that's going to happen. It doesn't look possible work-wise. Like I'm going to be running courses later in the year. It just doesn't look possible on any level, how I would get my shit together to actually move to Bali in September. Okay. But I just let it be there and I thought it probably wouldn't happen, but you know, I just let it be there anyway. So about six weeks ago, or maybe seven weeks ago, um, I, this one Tuesday had my period. It must've been, I think day one of my period. And I'm often, I can be really tired on day one of my period. And I just don't want to do anything, like I just want to sit on the couch and and like not be sitting upright, right? So on this day, one of the first things that happened was when I opened my email in the morning, the training that I had on in oh actually so there's two different things here a training that I had on in September, a four day training, I got an email saying they would also be running it in November, and I could move to the November one if I wanted to, all right, so I was like, huh, that's interesting. I'll have to look at my calendar and see if I want to move it to November. The other thing that had happened maybe just about a week before that was that I was tuning into the next dates of Superconscious Creatress, which I thought would probably be in September because that was like the earliest I could get onto it. And I thought I might try to do two courses before the end of the year. And when I did my intuitive tune in with it, I got the middle of October and I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of, a long way away, and it means I'm going to have this whole stretch of time where there's not anything particular I have to be doing apart from my regular running, my business, and working with clients. Um, but I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go mid-October. That seems pretty nice and chill. And so then on this Tuesday, I saw that email in the morning, and then because I had my period, I was like, you know what, I'm just like going to take the afternoon off. I'm going to sit on the daybed, and I'm just going to have a look on the computer. And I just randomly decided to look at, decided to look at Bali.com again, even though I was like, I'm pretty sure I would have heard if there was an update, but I'm going to look at Bali.com. And I looked at Bali.com and the thing had changed. So whereas it used to say you could not come unvaccinated, it now said we have contacted immigration to get clarity around unvaccinated and here is what they replied. And it was this kind of slightly vague response that didn't say you couldn't go. And so the fact that the website had changed the unvaccinated bit from you can't go to like this vague statement, I was like, hang on, I think you must be able to go to Bali, but they just don't want to explicitly say it outright. And they're saying something that doesn't say you can't go. And then I looked up a couple more things. I looked up some YouTube videos and looked in the comments and I was like, you know what? I reckon I can go to Bali. And do you know what else I want to say through this process? It's like, I heard of unvaccinated people going to Bali or that there were unvaccinated people earlier than this, but I was so closed off in my thinking that I I just wasn't open to seeing other ways. Anyway, obviously in this moment, I wasn't closed off and I was open to see other ways. And I, I thought I, I could, I didn't find anything that explicitly said you could, but I, that was enough for me to go, yeah, I, I think I can. And the worst that happens is I fly there and I get sent on a plane back. And so I'm going to go. And a few days later, I booked my ticket to Bali. Oh, so here's the other thing was I looked at my calendar to go, well, when, you know, obviously should I book my ticket? And this curious thing was I looked at September and I saw, well, I'm not actually going to be launching a course then. And I like, I don't want to be there, get there right before or on launching a course or starting a course. And I can move that training to November. So now actually, apart from delivering on all my current programs and clients and memberships and general business running, I don't actually have something specifically on in September that would make me feel uncomfortable moving country. And I looked at it and I was like, well, it's just obvious because I actually have to go in September to get there before the... Superconscious creatress launch, or I wait until more like November. So it was just obvious to go in September. And you know what? That is what I got in that intuitive reading that I didn't think there was any way that I was going to go in September. And here I was looking at my thing, and it was just obvious that September was the time to go. So I booked my ticket, and wow, then I went on a journey of a lifetime for the next five weeks of trying to sort all this shit out. But on this point, I made the decision to go. Once I made that decision, then everything came in that I needed and these really obvious routes of how you could come in legally, you could come to the country and like, I think you you could have for the past few months, you know, like at least, maybe even longer than that. And I, I wasn't open to seeing that before, you know, I was fighting for my limitation. I was fixed on this idea that this condition precludes me, right? And it actually didn't, it, it actually doesn't. I was able to come to Bali. Um. So that was a really good reminder of that to see how I had really been attached and fighting for it as well. So that was one big lesson that's, you know, and the way that's landed for me is to really catch myself whenever there's something I want to catch myself with the reasons that I either tell myself or I tell other people why I can't. Okay. Like that is what you want to catch. And, um, further to that, then you just have to own. So, if you don't give those reasons, then you just have to own the unknown, <laughs> like the, the, the fact that you're, you're not certain how to get to that end result, but that you're choosing it. All the reasons that you have why you can't yet or why you know it's difficult, or I've got to wait until this, all of that takes away that vulnerability, but then it also puts you in limitation. You're now, you've like literally put yourself in a structure of limitation. So it's it's very vulnerable to actually let go of those things and not give other people a reason why you don't have what you want or why you can't have it. Then you've got to stand in the vulnerability of the unknown, the uncertainty and not knowing how and and not knowing if you'll get it. It's like super, super vulnerable place to be in. So that was my number one uh lesson reminder about moving to Bali. And, you know, I'll just say briefly after that, I booked my flight and then like, thank the universe, (laughs) the information I needed to move to Bali came after that because I was just, I chose it And I, this actually relates to, oh my gosh, this relates to my third one. So we're going to do that as my second one uh, lesson. Um, so I booked the flight and I was like, okay, the worst that can happen is that I get sent home when I arrive in Bali and they don't let me in, but I think that I can get in. Right. So that's, that's what I booked my flight under. Right. And then I threw Various just unintentional kind of channels of talking to people got connected with this whole, um, fields of information that actually told me, uh, what you needed to do and heaps of people's real life experiences doing it and what, what all the legalities were. And through that, I found there was actually a whole bunch of paperwork that I needed to get done and get into place in order for the people to even let me on the plane in Australia and so that came in after I made the decision so I made the decision not fully knowing how it was going to happen but here's the key I'm not saying always do that it was obvious to me to do that it like it was just it was enough for me to go on to go this is possible I'm going to choose it and I'm I'm going to do so in the uncertainty and vulnerability not work out. So then over the next few weeks, the information that I needed came to me and I'm so grateful it did because otherwise I literally probably wouldn't be here, right? So then I found out all the things that I actually needed to get into place and I got all of the resources I needed in order to get those things into place. And here I am now in Bali. So this This real landing lesson for me was around holding the tension when you don't know, not needing to know and hold out for your end result, right? Because that is what, if you've done Superconscious Creatress or, or you came to my free class last time I ran it. And you saw me draw that diagram about the wisdom getting pushed up. When you can hold that creative tension, the wisdom that you need to reach that end result gets pushed up. If you don't hold the tension and you kill the tension, the wisdom can't come. So if you kill the tension by letting go of the vision, e.g. me going, I can't go to Bali information can't get pushed up while I'm like attached to the fact that I can't go to Bali right now, right? While I'm attached to that, I cannot receive the insight that will take me to that end result or the information or the people or the avenues. So holding that tension and holding that unknown, but choosing it, like fully choosing it. So this happened, in terms of arriving in Bali, uh, like getting into the country, I mean, uh, where I chose it. I chose it. And then everything that I needed in order to realize it came to me. And in unexpected, unexpected ways, right? I wasn't trying to control. I wasn't going into an ego strategy of trying to control, trying to work it all out. I was in the tension of not Knowing This has been, this whole experience has been such a lesson for me in that because I feel like that's not something that I've necessarily always been very good at. The, the next two things where that has also happened where I, I, I stopped myself from needing to control and like create certainty. And I let myself have that stretch of that space of the unknown and hold my end results. So another one was with the villa Something that I had considered was, I'll just book an Airbnb for the first six weeks. Airbnb, by the way, is like a lot more expensive than booking a villa. It's like a very, it's so expensive. I just cannot believe how expensive it is <laughs> to stay in Chengdu uh, on Airbnb. And everyone says, don't do it, but I couldn't find a place on Facebook. So anyway, I did it, I did it for two weeks in the end, but I had considered doing it for six weeks and then I'll just find my villa afterwards, right? And that's because I wasn't i wasn't sure if I was willing to hold any tension once I got here and I just wanted to create certainty. And that, I mean, that's not a bad thing if you're going to be launching a course and maybe you just want to do that. But... I chose not to do it. I chose not to go into over-controlling, over-preparing in order to get certainty and to be able to sit in the space of tension and hold my end result. So, I booked the villa for two weeks and then I started looking for a villa once I got here and held my end result. Now, I I really wanted to collapse the tension right at the beginning and just take whatever villa I could get because I was like, I've got to be out of this Airbnb in two weeks. Like It's just out, you know, like I should just take the first thing I can find, but I didn't, I held the tension. Okay. I, that those villas aren't right. They don't feel right. They're not what I want. I'm going to hold out for what I want. And it's like, how long can you hold the tension for? Right. And so I held the tension until I went to this one on Friday. So, I mean, it wasn't actually that long, but it felt like a long time where I was like, yep, this is it. And I took it uh, and it doesn't feel like my long-term place, but it definitely feels like my starting place. Like I just knew it's the first one I'd found that's in the style I like. And um, yeah, so I took the villa. But if I had killed the tension earlier because I I didn't want to hang with it, I would have ended up in a villa that I didn't like or in an area that I really didn't like just so that I could get certainty and security, right? So that's another example of it playing out. Another example was with people, social connections and friends. Now, this wasn't something that I, like this isn't something that I personally would get like all this attachment to like, I've got to have certainty around it, but it was really good. Like it's been pretty amazing actually for me to see how it played out. So in my ego, my kind of habitual way of moving to a new place, doing social things Is to withdraw basically and be a hermit and feel like I don't belong and just be so preoccupied with other things anyway that I don't make any time for it. But I also just have like this energy of contraction and pulling away. And I honestly, I was a bit scared of that happening. I was scared that I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't see people. I wouldn't make the effort. I wouldn't feel comfortable. And I would just end up like never leaving my house or maybe sometimes and doing the same thing I always did, but in Bali, right? Uh but I acknowledge that I let that be there and I didn't need to change it and I also didn't need to try to force something or like overcompensate and go okay well like what social things can I go to like who can I reach out to that you know I know lives in Bali or has a friend that lives in Bali can I get them to connect me I was like no I'm just going to hang with that tension of I have an intention to meet some cool people and have a community here. I know that I've got this egoic tendency to uh, hide away, but I'm just going to hang with that tension. And I can't believe it guys, I've only been here for eight days and I have met, I actually don't know, I'd have to count, but like, I want to say like seven new people who all seem so awesome. And, um, and have been so helpful and that I feel so comfortable with. And whenever I've had a question, like I've just reached out to them, people that I'm like, I just so vibing with. And it's awesome. And I, I feel like, you know, this isn't my identity. So what I mean by that, your identity is what your ego is built. So I'm not this kind of person that's like, create a new identity. I'm like, no, leave the realm of identity don't fix yourself in any way right because then you disconnect from the truth and being in your true expression so in my identity in my egoic kind of self this like this wouldn't have happened like i've moved to byron i've moved to melbourne like i know i've played out the same shit everywhere <laughs> and uh, and i didn't want to play it out here And, um, I, I didn't step in to try to control that or overcompensate. And I'm, I've just been really honestly blown away at how that social aspect's been unfolding. And of course, I don't know what's going to happen from here, but I'm going to keep holding the end result and hang with the tension. So for the first few days, I barely left my villa. I just ordered Gojek and I was like, Oh, am I going to do that thing? Am I like, is it bad that I haven't left my villa? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, you know what? No, because I'm looking for a villa and I'm doing work. So, and I don't have to leave the villa. It's fine. Um, So, holding the tension and the wisdom, the people, the resources get drawn in. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Like it's just been such an experience of that really landing and being like, oh my God, is actually really happening." Uh, so that's been very cool. My third kind of landing. Oh, this was, yeah, this was tough, actually valuable, but really tough. A lesson for me in moving to Bali, I had so much fear come up after I booked that flight. So much fear and like existential fear, like really deep fear around going to a different country. So I didn't have that. I've traveled a lot pre-pandemic. I didn't have this pre-pandemic. This is something I hadn't experienced this pre-pandemic, this kind of fear of like, it's not safe out there. It's not safe in the world. Um, and you know, it was, it was irrational, like the fear I was feeling. And then it just brought up all my kind of survival fear and feeling like, God, life, like just afraid of being alive, which I haven't quite felt in that way before, but it would sometimes feel so all-encompassing that I couldn't see like the the magic and the beauty that's in the world and how, you know, how being in Bali, like I totally wasn't seeing or feeling connected to how being in Bali could just be so fun and so easy. It, it was like it would just, it consumed my entire perspective, which is what happens when we get fear, we get really triggered, right? It's like you lose perspective that there's any other perspective and that there's any other way of looking at things, right? And fear is just one way of looking at things and projecting um, a set of kind of beliefs onto it. So that's what fear is. But when we're in it, like it becomes everything. So I just like I never w- um, reconsidered moving, like changing my flight or cancelling my flight. But I just I just held on to the fact, like I'll work it out when I get there, because I I just felt so much fear in those weeks leading up to going. And I I just had so much to process around that. And so what really landed for me, fear is something that I felt a lot of in my life and, and just kind of like depression and existential dread, existential crisis, like hating being alive. It's pointless. What am I doing here? It's so hard. It hurts. I don't want to do it kind of thing. And And that's something that has been really difficult for me to deal with at times. And so, what I've really got from this experience was really seeing how all of that, like fear, existential dread, it's all a tunnel vision. It's all a tunnel vision. And actually, you can choose to put the focus there or at the exact same time, you have this realm of excitement, joy, creativity, and desire around life. Like that is always simultaneously something, a part of you that you have access to. And you get to just actually choose where you put the focus. So, you know, I feel like I hadn't really been confronted by fear much, Um Immediately leading up to you know deciding to move to Bali, and my life had been a bit cruisy for a bit, and then experiencing this and experiencing it just so all encompassing and overwhelming, and and I knew it was irrational, but it still was there, right? And I I just realised like. I can let this be my focus, the struggle and hardship of life and how the world is unsafe and insecure. I can let that be my focus and my lens on the world or I can use my will to change it and change my perspective to the beauty, the pleasure, the magnificence, the joy and the creativity that is present in life. And that's not to say like pretend or talk yourself out of the fact that there's suffering or vulnerabilities and just have positivity. What it is to say is like these things both coexist together and you have a choice where you put your focus. And whenever you're being kind of overwhelmed with, I'll say quote unquote, the and the fear, like that is not reality. That's one perspective on reality and you can actually choose to move your focus. That was a really big one for me. Like that's one that I, I don't know if you necessarily will relate to because I know not everyone really struggles with existential dread <laughs> or like depression. But if you ever have um, or you do or, or possibly even anxiety, then that might resonate for you, um, because yeah, that's just been just been a huge thing for me in my life to learn to manage. And I've found with the life that I have created and built for myself, I'm not conf- so confronted with it very often. Like it used to be, just a really difficult thing for me to deal with day in day out. Um, but but now. I guess it's still like that's still part of my fears perspective on life. And so if I'm engaging in something that's really going to feel like a threat to my ego, a threat to survival, that exact thing is what's going to come up again. Right. And so experiencing that come up so strongly helped me um, gain perspective on it and go, this is not it and I don't have to live here. I don't, this is not everything. There is another perspective and another side that is available to me at any moment to choose, even if I'm still feeling a lot of fear, right? And I I get to use my will to shift that perspective. It's not available to me when my mood spontaneously shifts in a week. It's available to me right now, I get to choose to change my focus right now, and that was just a that was a hugely empowering thing for me through this process. So they, um, they, they're the the main kind of things that came to me of, of being really big lessons as I went through this process of learning to uh, learning. Uh, moving to Bali and doing something that was a big step in following my dream, but also was hugely triggering to my sense of safety and security. You know, I had a very, after a lot of years feeling very kind of unstable financially and, you know, the journey of being self-employed. Uh, and then 2020 and 2021 like leaving the safe space and comfortable and stable space that I built for myself was fucking terrifying. It was fucking terrifying. And this is how I moved through it. So there, there will be times where you're going to follow things that are fucking terrifying. You know, there'll be something that's true to your heart and you are just terrified. Even if it's, it, even if logically you think it's kind of irrational how terrified you are, You know, that's going to be something that you experience if you choose to really go for what you love in your life. And so I hope that what I've shared in this podcast episode has just, you know, helped some things land. And I mean, everything that I've shared, you can apply just in your regular everyday life creating. But I, I hope that some of these things have landed and are supporting you to consider your, you know, what how you can come at creating your life in the most empowered way and not self-impose limitation. There was a few other things I wanted to include in this episode, like some of the things that specifically came up for me and was triggering those things. But I think that we're probably, you know, it's probably long enough and this will be like an hour and a half episode if I keep going at this point. So thank you for listening. I have, um, as I've mentioned actually a couple of times, I have got my Superconscious Creatress course coming up in Enrollments Open actually, by the time this comes out, enrollments open today. I was going to say next week, but it is today. Enrollments open and they're open for two weeks. And then the course kicks off on the 18th of October. Superconscious Creatress is my foundational creating, like as in manifesting, but I tend to prefer the word creating, creating your dream life program course. It's a six week live online program where you come to live classes with me. And I only run this once a year. And so it is my great pleasure to invite you to come and join this round. If you enjoy this podcast at all and the principles and concepts that I talk about on this podcast, which are around structural creating and alchemy, then this course is for you. Like if you want to receive that in a you know, a cohesive journey and a lot more behind each of the teachings and how it kind of all fits together so that you can live your most empowered life. You can realize your heart's truest dreams and highest potential, and you can put the power in that daily to create those end results in your life. Not just think about them, not just like do an embodiment exercise on them, not just do a visualization on them, but actually create the end results and learn to live more and more powerfully so that when, when there's something that's true for you and you would love, you create it. You know, there's not this laundry list of reasons. There's not going backwards and forwards. There's not like getting derailed for a month or two, like that. You really learn how to handle those aspects of yourself and live powerfully. So that is what I'm going to be teaching you in this course. It is perfect if you haven't done much personal development before, and it's also ultra perfect if you've done a lot of personal development before because what what I share in Superconscious Creatress is going to make everything you've ever learned click and realize what you were missing before that was meaning that you or preventing you from actually powerfully moving forward in the way that you want and you know everything is going to come together. So it's an ideal course in both of those circumstances and I'm excited to invite you to join. I'm also actually going to be running a free class next week, which is on the mechanics of manifesting and how to actually go for what you would love 100%. So if you would love to come to that, I'm going to put links to both of those things in the episode notes. You can also find it on my website or on my Instagram, and I would love to see you there. Either in the class, I got so much positive feedback about this class last year. Everyone loved it, and I'm gonna be including fresh stuff in there because obviously I've just realized a really huge dream of moving to Bali. And uh and yeah, then we've also got the course which is starting on the 18th, 19th of October. So if this is calling you, if, if this is a way that you would love to become more powerful in your life, then I would love to see you there. Lots of love. We'll